0: Welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I'm on your host Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. I switched up the cadence that time.
1: Thank you. We, you know, we have all fantasized about it,
0: um, mm-hmm. and we're here at
1: this moment. How was your uh, your brother's birthday?
0: It was a lot of fun. Uh, I think that... Um,
1: Did you get roasted lost- and
0: toasted? Yes, I got re- well and toasted. It was actually... It was at, we sat at a place... Um, which is a little recommendation for anyone who's in the Orlando area and wants just a, a place to just get roasted and toasted. Um, so rather than be at my uh, brother's house and like have to do with that, um, we in Kissimmee there's like a hotel slash villa place that's like a Margaritaville Resort where you can rent out like two and three story houses for a couple days with a full pool and hot tub in the back, um, mm-hmm. and like you know, multiple bedrooms, all that, like regular hotel service. And so we did Mm -hmm. that for two days and we just got toasted by the pool and we were kind of like, we didn't leave any neighbors to the left or right of us. So we were, you know, in the hot tub at midnight, you know, I was knocking down happy dad seltzers. Um, yeah.
1: I don't know what that is.
0: Happy dad seltzers, brand of seltzer. They got electrolytes in it. So the hangovers aren't as bad, which is real degenerate stuff. Um, And also, they, it comes in, like, the most nondescript can, which makes sense for being ha- Happy Dad. Because I feel like dads love just, like, it's just a white can with the logo on, it and that's it. Um, What's the percentage it, on that? Uh, it's only 5%, regular uh, amount. Okay. Um But, yeah, it's, I think, I think we ended up going through almost, I think we ended up going through at least seven, no, more than seven, pro- almost 100 beers, probably, and, like, 50 seltzers. So, you know. Uh, it was a good...
1: Yeah. Well, awesome. Good for you.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, anyway, I apologize. I, I was going to say, how about you? But you didn't have anything going on this weekend. <laughs> um... I bought my Christmas tree. Oh, congratulations. Is it uh, a yeah. fake one or a real one?
1: Oh, it's a real one. It's a real one. Yeah, oh, we've cool, had cool, like cool. a fake one the last couple of years. And like this year, I'm like, you know what? I like that smell of that Douglas fir when we walk in. So mm. it's good stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I I remember we had a real one a couple times growing up. But then, when we got a dog, uh, she would like not eat at it, but she would eat the like chew the the pines that came off, and it just became like you know we didn't want to have to make yeah, sure. the, the it. Yeah, the cat, the
1: cat, the cat wakes us up at like three in the morning, like fucking around. So yeah. Well, great. the thing
0: about it, the thing about a fake tree is that that will happen no matter what with a cat too, but with a dog, sure. she wasn't really eating the tree itself. It's just she saw the you know pines and she was like, "This is food." Um, can't really blame her. It spelled good, um, but anyway, yeah. I don't have a Christmas tree because uh, I sublet. And I'm not gonna put one up in my room. I uh, maybe I could, but I don't really feel like it. But uh, yeah. Um, but also,
1: we're not here to talk about that. We're here. No, to talk we're not. About Sorry.
0: Season four, episode twelve, a very Juliet episode. And this episode starts off not with a flashback to uh, to Sean. It starts off flashback to Juliet because this is a very Juliet episode. You that is a description of the episode
1: correct and it's uh you know it's at union station which mm-hmm. you know i'm glad they had the budget to actually record it at so that's okay nice. so they did
0: shoot it there okay good oh 100 100 percent. yeah i've never been to union station i i figure they did i mean i hope they did yeah they did
1: <laughs> sorry i sent this like group text earlier like some guy in our group chat he's like he has a bit where he's like a republican loser mm-hmm. um and he sent like this text Hey guys, I know it's holiday season and stress anxiety are high, but try to take some time and tip your landlord for all the hard work they do. In mm-hmm. addition, maybe send them a hot, home cooked meal. This time of year could be challenging for money, so let's try to not forget the folks keeping our lights on.
0: Hey, you know, you gotta, you know, <laughs> I, I think a lot about the guy who asked his landlord to increase his rent because he wanted to hustle more. Um, yeah,
1: correct. He, he, uh, he respects his hustle that much, his grind.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's <laughs> Juliet, it's 2003. And she's with her boyfriend, Scott. And the thing I'll point out is Juliet is saying she's got to go back to college and to police academy. And she's wearing a University of Miami t-shirt. If you are sp- spending the $60,000 a year to go to University of Miami and you're just going to go to the police academy afterwards? Is that how much yeah, it cost at the time? Not Maybe not at the time, but now it does. So probably – I mean still, it's still a fucking private school that costs a lot of money. Well, to
1: be honest with you, if my – girlfriend was going back to the university of miami i would be very wary of her steering clear of the seventh floor crew let's just say that I mean,
0: yeah well, i mean what if there's a deleted scene where it's like i met this guy he goes by greg the leg uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Marvelous <laughs> like, um oh goodness yeah, uh, uh no it's like you know i mean after after santana uh, after uh frank Gore broke up with me scott you were there for me um and then Andre Johnson, he was quiet, but he was nice. Um, I don't after know why he was. Can... After she got mudded by uh, Willis McGahey. <laughs> yeah, Willis McGee. Oh man, and, and you know, there was that night with Devin Hester. Oh, God, that and, team was loaded. And, and John and John Beeson, Jesus, yeah, yeah it Beeson. was
1: completely loaded. Yeah.
0: And then and That's then like when she finally like, later in the episode when she meets up with Scott, it's like, yeah, did you hear my ex um, Sean Taylor? He died. Yeah. <laughs> rest yeah, in peace anyway yeah, uh, no, but yeah. seriously what are you doing go to the u if you're just going to do this academy, that's a ludicrous waste of money um but uh we learned scott is gonna he's staying in california and jules wants to break up because dating long distance doesn't work okay so my question is
1: he's staying in california but it seemed like they were there for vacation so it was a vacation from
0: uh, florida. Uh, to LA? florida to LA? Yeah. my okay. guess was that they probably like met in college or no, sorry, they met growing up, because he mentions that the moment she's 18. And they probably, he probably got a job in LA, and she, because it was the summer, sp- lived with him for like three months or something like that. Does that make sense? That like, she yeah. spent the time, because uh, well, she was off. That's the vibe I got. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. And like you said, um, you know, he wants to stay together, and she says, a clean break, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As someone from experience,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you have a high school or like a high school sweetheart, and for the most part, it just doesn't work out, so you just yeah. got to break that off. I, I definitely within the first two weeks. Okay, so a little background story. This is gonna be a little bit of a tangent pod. That's uh, fine. So, so yeah, I was with my high school girlfriend, and we were submitting applications to go to college, and all of a sudden, I found out that she was applying to the same school that I applied to, and I'm like, uh, okay, fine. Like, you know, I was like a romantic, mm-hmm. and I told my sister about this, and she's like, you need to break up with her before you guys go to college because. It's just, she's going to fucking be, you know, it's it's just not a good thing. Like, she just go mm-hmm. out and explore and meet new people and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, no, whatever. I love her, blah, blah, blah. We go to school. Within two weeks, we're in different dorms on opposite sides of campus. Mm-hmm. We have yeah. different friends. And, you know, it just went that way. I broke yeah. up with her. She threw shoes
0: at me. And, mm-hmm. yeah, here we are. And that probably brought up, brought my brought memories of growing up. Sorry, that's stereotyping. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what, growing up? No, there is, isn't a stereotype that uh, Mexican mothers throw shoes at their kids, or is that not true? No, you
1: know, not shoes. It's typically, uh, sandals. like, sandals. Oh, yeah.
0: okay. Okay.
1: It's all um, Hispanic women, by the way.
0: Okay. Hispanic. All Hispanic women? Okay. So, it is, So so I love your correction my stereotype, is you're slightly off, but it's actually broader than you thought. It's all, all Hispanic women. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway. It extends so, to Filipinos as well. It does? Um, yes. It's always interesting to see the things that do and don't extend to them. Um, yes anyway um, so they decided to make an agreement Jules brings up in 10 years meet they'll meet right back there if they're both married great if they're both single they'll go for coffee um, and so Jules' train is here and it's also insane that she's taking a train back to Miami where she, she, my <laughs> can first we night, yeah um, yeah correct but Scott has one problem with this plan
1: uh, yeah he says 10 years is too long let's hmm. just try 7 years
0: mm-hmm um, yes.
1: Which okay, if you're taking a train across country, I guarantee that's probably the same price as a plane ticket.
0: Yeah. yeah. And once again, she is spending money to go to the University of Miami. I'm just saying like, I don't want to but harp on that, but it is like I didn't even consider applying there because neither of my brothers and I, I don't come from a I, I don't don't so come from working class who, family. Who to,
1: says the guy who went to fucking NYU.
0: Yeah, on a scholarship that covered almost all the tuition. So You couldn't have gone
1: to scholarship to U- University of Miami? I
0: could have, but it also was not higher on my list. But I guess my my broader point actually is that neither of my brothers even applied there. I, it doesn't yeah, mine's different cuz I want to go to art school, but like my my twin brother who had just as good of a GPA, just as good test scores as me, would have certainly gotten in. It wasn't even on the in consideration cuz, you know, um so expensive. Right. But anyway, 7 years later, Jewel shows up in a little red thing which is not language I normally would use, but it came to mind. Um, yes. And uh, she sits on a bench, and she is – there's a, lor- a long montage of her looking dejected, excited, sad, you know, a lot of emotions.
1: Correct. Uh, to a Journey song playing in the
0: background. Mm-mm. Not familiar with what track it is. I looked on the X-Ray. It's actually Steve a Perry Steve song. solo song. So yeah. <laughs> I just looked at the... – Speaking <laughs> of uh, Filipinos, the guy who replaced Steve Perry. Correct. Wow. Yes. <laughs> True. I knew that too. Yeah. Um, anyway. And so she ends up leaving, uh, after, well, she sees a guy that looks a little bit like Scott, but it's not Scott. Then she leaves when it's dark and we hear her, you know, talking to someone about for being mm-hmm. a sounding board and who is it a surprise? Who's their sounding board?
1: Yeah, it's Carl Lasseter and you know, he's had his fair share of heartache. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's, He's actually kind of being like the most sympathetic version of himself Mm -hmm. that he possibly can be. Um, But, you know, he does give the most cynical, um, you know, advice, which is that all romance ends in despair or death, which, you know, on a factual level is actually true.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, We're all going to die. So, mm -hmm.
1: you know, it's it's mostly despair is what he says. Yeah. And Lasseter thinks that this is good because once she separates herself from that bullshit, she'll be a better cop going forward. And I can yep. honestly, like, through all media depictions, like, typically cops that, like, are single or, like, you know, federal, you mm-hmm. know, all that stuff, they tend to, like, be better officers in a way because they have more time for this kind of stuff. Uh,
0: and also, uh, there's a certain higher percentage of a certain type of crime that happens with police officers in the general population, but that's whatever. You know. Yeah, true that. Just, that's a statistic basically across the board. Just want to throw true. that out there. Yeah, true. Uh, and so, um, so maybe cops should be single. But anyway... Um, Ten minutes later, she's looking him up on the police database, and there's no matches at all. Um, and so she's then talking to Buzz, giving him a bunch of files, and basically saying to look through all of them. But Vic catches her and points out correctly that uh, she's not allowed to use fucking police files to uh, for a personal matter. That's very much illegal.
1: Correct. Not only that, but she has a, like a backlog of cases she needs to do, so she needs to get her head on straight. And mm-hmm. she, Vic, gives some genuine advice, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, also very cynical, uh, mm-hmm. which is that basically men often don't show up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and matter, as someone who has been knowledge. stood up by women before, let me just say, we are all guilty of this, men or mm-hmm. women. Yeah, we don't show um,
0: up. Correct. The only, the only people, the only person you can count on showing up every time is Kelly Reichert. But, um, so, that's such a dumb joke. It's a movie I haven't even seen. Um, which movie? I said showing up. The it was an indie movie. Oh that, yeah, yeah.
1: I want to see that. I want to
0: see that. So did I. But as honestly, I'm I see enough movies in theaters. I was gonna apologize for not seeing in theaters, but I, I see everything. Um, and uh, so anyway, um, you know, Gus happens to be sitting in the police station, and uh, you know, Jules needs him to do her a favor. Not both of them. Just Gus.
1: Correct. Yeah, she doesn't want Sean involved because it involves. I, I mean, I suspect in her case it involves like a former flame, and there's still like a little mm-hmm. bit of heat between them. You know, that's mm-hmm. probably what's going mm-hmm. on. And Gus claims that he's the vault of secrets, and mm-hmm. I mean, to we his know, credit, well, that's not true. Yeah, of course not. But also, like, he doesn't necessarily give it up. Uh, it's more like no. taken out of him. So yes. we'll see that tomorrow.
0: So, uh, yeah. So. Um, Gus is on his computer Googling, um, and, uh, you know, uh, Sean ends up looking over his shoulder as he's looking for stuff on Scott.
1: Correct. And, uh, yeah, he – you know, Gus kind of tells him that he's working on a separate case for Juliet and that, you know, he just agreed to do it on his own. And that just inspires Sean to want to take that case on, and he says that he will find this Scott Seaver by himself. And 24 yeah. hours later, they show up at the police station, Gus and Sean, and he's got mm-hmm. some sort of solution.
0: Yes. And Sean wants to give it because he, you know, is the one who does this, the hand of the temple. And uh, mm-hmm. he mentions that he thinks it's pretty sweet and when Simon Baker does it. But, of course, Simon Baker doesn't do it. Just a lot of mentalists. Another man, mentalist a crack,
1: thing, right? yeah. Another See, mentalist oh,
0: I was going to ask if you finally remember that Simon Baker is in the mentalist. Yes, I think the last yes, three times yes. it's been named up, you forgot. Yes. Now um, you um, got it. And so anyway, yeah. Uh... And so, and Sean, um, Sean has yeah, some
1: good so- news and he's had some bad news. The good news is that Scott's dead. And that's kind of the only thing that Juliet gets because obviously she's distraught. She, I mean, Sean doesn't know the relationship between the mm-hmm. dead person and her. Mm-hmm. And so she takes yeah. off. And so she didn't get to hear the good news, which is that it looks like he was probably murdered. So,
0: mm-hmm. Yes. And so he then learns, excuse me for the eye. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, and uh, we have to record this on West Coast time. Um, And so, uh, yeah, we then see that um, Henry—they're back in the psych office, and Henry comes by. Uh, They're working on the Scott Siever case. Oh, right, because the the bad news is that that Sean—that sorry—the good news is that Sean thinks that Scott Siever was murdered. Okay, and then so Henry's there, and uh, basically, the accident report is super fishy
1: correct yeah um he was pronounced dead four and a half years ago his car was totaled in the california like desert and the weird thing about it was that the windows were down um when they found the car but it was 42 degrees that night so unless he's like from like you know siberia like you wouldn't typically have your windows down at that temperature in the desert so um yeah and, and on top of that cars don't like typically blow up on their own so this whole situation seems a little bit sketchy you're on mute.
0: Are you on mute or not? You're on mute. Sorry, sorry, I was on mute. I had to send a text message. I didn't want my keyboard click-clacking. Um, yeah. Sorry. So Sean pulls Gus aside and says he's got on a website he shouldn't be on, and Gus says, don't tell me you're going Pete Townsend on me, which is a crazy a dark to throw in a there. A deep cut. deep cut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but no, who he has you, a Treasury is- Department... Is-
1: he was researching child pornography.
0: Yes, he was researching. That's exactly what he said. In the same way that all the guys that had to catch a predator were just testing it. Um, right. And so uh, he has the Treasury Department password that he stole from someone. And so uh, he uses Gus's computer. Did, did we meet this uh, person, Lord's Ewing, by the way? I don't think so, no. I don't think so. Okay. I was like, I was racking my brain to see if I, yeah. if this happened. He looks up Scott Siever and someone in an office gets an alert and brings it to someone... More important in a big office, so clearly, uh, it's something serious.
1: Yeah, correct. Um, so yeah, uh, so this guy now is uh, well, we'll find out who it is now, but he's on the case, and we cut back to the police station, and Lassiter's talking to Sean and Gus, and they duck real quick because mm-hmm. Lassiter's like, "Yo, mm-hmm. uh, he's afraid of the biscuit lady," which you know, mm-hmm. great that they have a biscuit not lady not that not rolled the- in.
0: Not the department armorer. Not the department armorer. Correct,
1: correct. Um, It's a lady who actually brings (laughs) biscuits. Great.
0: Um,
1: And apparently, uh, yeah, he owes her 80 cents. But on top of that, he actually um, made out with her at the last uh,
0: department picnic or something. Yeah. But no. So what we learn is that uh, Scott worked for a a business that was a front for JT Waring. And who does Sean think that is? Uh, shit. Who does he think it is? He says, "Gus, you know, Jake. You read all. She wrote all the Harry Potter. Books. Oh, from uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, J.K. Rowling. Correct. Yeah, yeah. But J.T. Um, Waring me- is
1: actually he's a Los Angeles mobster.
0: Yes, he got one for racketeering, which no one knows what it is. Which I mean, I know what racketeering is. It's you know, basically. But more, demand- but more
1: disturbingly, more disturbingly, Lazar doesn't Lassiter. know what
0: racketeering is. Yeah, it's when you demand basically money in exchange for not getting beaten up. Is that what that is? Uh, basically, it's like it's for it's usually for protection, but it's the type of thing where it's like you ever seen like a movie where like people will go to every business on a block and like ask for a cut of the profits or else like they punch the dude in the stomach. Like that's racketeering. Like okay, when you basically it. yeah run racket. It's a racket, you know. Um, yeah, of course. And so uh, th- that was his front. Um, this like import export place. Art Vandelay was there, and um, <laughs> you know apparently he got in over his head and got taken down. Is what they think. So they have to go ask Juliet some questions about him, and uh, they're not, it doesn't work out too well.
1: Yeah, Laster's not being super uh, sympathetic to Juliet. Uh, Basically, asked, like, I don't know, like what he was into, like what his kinks were, what, you know, what sort of sordid history he might have, let's Mm -hmm. just say.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then, what is Gus doing? He's crying because he's a sympathetic crier, even though Juliet's not crying.
0: So I, I love the yeah. sympathetic
1: crier bit. It's
0: always funny. Juliet <laughs> Hill's it crying is so funny.
1: <laughs> See, I wasn't sure if he was uh, doing that because of that or because, like, Sean was, like, punching him off screen or something. No, he's a sympathetic crier. Yeah. Um, and Juliet, yeah. you know, she needs some time to get her thoughts together. So she kind of, like, takes off again.
0: Yeah. So then Juliet and Ju- Sean catches up with Juliet and they go on a little walk. Which he apologizes to her. I kn- first yes and never before and never again i don't think do you ever realize that there's like a nice park right near the police station um correct it's i think i'm like shot that on location somewhere it's um, very yeah. vancouver um and so uh by that i don't know what sound that was but it sounded like someone turning on a stove um, it is turning on a stove correct Oh okay. well i'm I, my my sound i'm good at very soundscapes good. then is what this um so anyway uh asking questions about him, you know, he was she was crazy about him because he was so tall and she loves tall guys apparently. He played yes. tight end. So maybe 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 she, if she's in the tight ends, maybe Greg the flirt leg. I mean, maybe. that's the first thing that came into my mind, yeah, his backup. <laughs> yep. Uh but yeah. Uh and what what was the what was the wonderful gift that she was given by him? Uh she gave him or he gave her a uh Dumbo figurine
1: Mm -hmm. um and more importantly than that it was like um sorry it sounds like it's the end of an episode uh more importantly than that it was like a part of a set so he broke up this dumbo figurine and basically causing himself the whole value of the whole set so Mm -hmm. and because she was like super into dumbo growing up so it was a very big gesture on his part and yeah it's beautiful and sean deduces that she loves tall men and fat animals
0: Mm mm-hmm and so he also got her Super Bowl tickets. And as this is going on, Goss and last year, like, watch you. What? it's um, a good question. Let me actually look up. Super. If it was 2003, 2004.
1: World's, it was Patriots.
0: I, I, I'm looking up Super Bowls in Miami because I'm assuming it's got to be Miami. I, I mean. Oh, uh, so it's right? probably uh, Colts, Bears. Colts, Bears. No, that would be 2006. 2006. That would be after. What? Uh, okay. Yeah, that would yeah, be no after. Uh, yeah, because there's was um, 3 when they met up. let me see. Uh, Broncos Falcons nineteen ninety nine maybe like, yeah yeah that, maybe that's a little early I'm not uh, sure we don't maybe know that, how long that's
1: made that's, it. that's
0: the only one that makes sense because you know, we go ninety five to ninety nine to six so um, and Broncos yeah. won that one yeah um I mean the Falcons certainly didn't win it yeah so a freaking guy on the team got caught up for prostitution the night before um,
1: who was it Jamal Anderson? What?
0: yeah yeah um yeah crazy. But anyway, uh, so yeah, they keep walking away, and then we see Sean is on the phone on Bluetooth with uh, Henry, and apparently the county sheriff where the accident quote-unquote happened uh, was no help, everyone, he, Henry's blaming the crime scene text, there are no photos, a bunch of jackasses, um, and yeah, uh, then we learned that Gus didn't know that Sean was on the Bluetooth headset, which is a joke that, way, like, I feel like every show had to do at least once, from 2003 to 2012. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is the and, second time Psych has done it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, so, uh,
0: sorry. Uh, They've been driving in the wrong direction for two hours. Where are they going?
1: Oh, correct. Yes, correct. So basically, Sean, they're looking into the Dumbo figurines. That's the bigger clue. They're going to look into the three possible sets that were available in the world. And Sean thinks that Scott was robbed and murdered and now his things are being sold and they probably found the seller.
0: And if any they so specifically that, like, who's selling one without the Dumbo, like every, the right. other ones that are being sold have the complete set.
1: Correct. So that just speaks to, it must be Scott. Yeah. So they get to the well, door. No, not must be Scott,
0: it must be the person who killed him. Cause I love the bit where he knocks oh, on the right door and Gus is like, what? You just knocked on the door of a murderer. Ooh.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 True.
0: Um, and so,
1: yeah. Uh, we don't get to see who it is at first. We just hear them scream like girls. Mm-hmm. And we cut to the station the next day, and it turns out it was Scott that was at that apartment. He's not dead, and mm-hmm. he's there. And Juliet and Sean, uh, sorry, Juliet and Scott share a little smooch together. Mm-hmm. Very...
0: A little lip lock. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Sean says there's good news and bad news, but he has not been up telling her the bad news. Except, of course, there is bad news that uh, Sean accidentally outed him being, being in witness protection.
1: Yeah, um not good, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, the federal marshal there, Daniel Wayne is his name. And yeah, it, it, it's it's bad, but uh you know, we cut to the next or the next scene where Scott's mm-hmm. telling the authorities about his involvement in the company. Basically, yeah. he was just an innocent party who witnessed a federal agent getting killed during a raid yeah. on that. He
0: walked in on uh, wearing him. with his gun out over uh the federal agent body um and you know sean's trying to downplay him as he does with everyone that julie's even vaguely interested in and says we all would have done it and gus says what you pretended to be bl- when you witnessed an accident pretended to be blind <laughs> right it's funny. and so what they
1: what wayne says is that scott's testimony was what got Waring locked up mm-hmm. and he's a great american and now as a result of all this his life might be in danger now so mm-hmm. um he had there's like another identity that's being made up for him but he doesn't want it he wants Mm -hmm. to stay in santa barbara he wants to be with juliet and you know he just says that witness protection essentially was a skin was like a sham he never felt safe and more than that he just wasn't happy so he thinks he's safe now that wearing's behind bars and it's been he has three life life sentences so Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. he'll be okay he doesn't care about continuing witness protection
0: Mm -hmm. And yeah, so you know they're bla- they're kind of pissed at Sean for causing this whole ordeal. Now that he's in danger, and I was like, what? Well, all of a sudden, it's my fault. What about Gus? Um, right. Then we cut to uh, Scott is making a meal for Jules, cutting up some peppers. Um, you know, uh, I'm not sure. What, I'm not like clear what he's trying to make, but you know, um, probably
1: some stir fry or something.
0: Yeah, and she asks him. Uh, when you are always protagonist, did you ever order spaghetti marinara and get egg noodles and ketchup instead? And uh, he says, what do you mean? And she said, some good fellas. I like this little moment because it's, I, it's partially a dumb joke, but you know what I think it also is? What, what do you think I'm reading into this? A proof that they've grown apart? Yeah. Well, not specifically that, but like the, the thing that Juliet has in with, it is specifically a thing oh, that Sean Juliet would have that he yeah. doesn't. Not to mean that like he's bad for or anything like that, but I liked it. It's there's specifically, it's, I think so many times which shows like this where there is a will they won't they they'll Mm -hmm. especially show that it's like a positive tone they'll add in an obstacle boyfriend or girlfriend and either make them like too mean and be like why would they be with him in the first place or make them really nice and then just come up with a contrived way to get better life I like that this guy is a good guy but also at the same time it is not like they have unbelievable cracking chemistry you know it's kind of you understand why this doesn't end up working out for them you know. Correct. I mean, in, like, period. The person that you are seven
1: years ago, five years ago, three years Mm -hmm. ago even, at this age. Like, you're just not the same person that
0: you were back then, so. The thing is, you could imagine a worse written show making it seem like they're absolutely perfect for each other to play up Sean's jealousy. But if then they're absolutely perfect for each other, you can't end the episode with them leaving when you need to do that, you know?
1: Well, okay, the thing is with this show and with, you know, with Monk and, like, these USA shows, yeah, like, they might not have the most, like, you know... Uh, like the most like uh written out dialogue or planned out situations for like plot related stuff. But yeah. it's mostly about relationships and it's about like mm-hmm. the relationships between like specific yeah. people on the yeah. show. So like that's that's where they they make their bread and yeah. that's the bread of They know what the they're bread.
0: doing. I think that right. this show is a very good example of how to do like a will they won't they thing. I think it actually it really works well. And it's something that starts off cheesy but like I don't know about you. I very much care about uh Sean and Juliet as a relationship. I mean it I is- do too. It's been
1: four fucking years. I basically I feel like I'm a cage like I'm I've been caged. Yeah. Just like There's I here. I mean let's
0: just say the, the what the media phrase in mind is you it's you get TV couple blue balls is what it is. I mean I don't want to be crass, but that's what it yeah. is. Yeah.
1: No yeah for sure.
0: And so anyway. Very Rachel and
1: Ross situation.
0: Exactly except both the characters here are likable. Um and so uh she goes to sit down next to uh Jules They're talking about, you know, catching up with each other. And uh, Jules hears like a dog barking and some banging. And she's got Biscuit right under the couch. I mean, she's got the ready. She goes to the front door and Lassie's outside.
1: Yes, Lassie's outside. He says that they basically, um, there was a male about 5'8 that was around and slipped away somehow. So at the time when I first watched it, I was like, oh, this is probably Sean. Uh, trying to check up on them, um, whether it is or not, I guess we'll never find out. But, um, oh, I guess we find out who it was. I think.
0: I um Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, probably. Anyway. And so, yeah, um, he's kind of pissed that she was just there, like he just protecting him. Um, and so, uh, then we cut to Vic's office, and Wayne is being a fucking dick, and no one calls him on it. It's kind of like, you know. What? He says some shit that is just really rude to Juliet, and I, I think that someone should have punched him in the face. But anyway, that, yeah, he says basically that she was playing grab-ass inside, um, and Sean busted in that, which I appreciate, because someone's got to... Uh, and he asked mm-hmm. the important question of, what, when did this happen? Was it before Conan or after Conan? I'm assuming before, give, See, he was making food, and Conan was on Correct. it. Like, midnight at the time? Yeah. And, um,
1: you know, obviously that's not the most important thing here, but, uh, you know, Wayne... When- Wayne is like operating off the fact that Sean ruined his
0: career, which is like, when the fuck did this happen? Sure, I guess. Um, I mean, you technically. I mean, obviously they could be lying. A lot of people say they might be lying, but I actually don't think they are. Do you know how many witnesses that have followed all the rules in the protection program have been killed? A lot. Zero. Apparently, that's what that's really zero. yeah. Yeah, it's never happened. I don't now, that, they, they could be lying. I don't know. But I'll say this. There's never been a – there is no case that people can bring up to prove otherwise. Like obviously it would be hard to know, but like there's no – you know, uh, and also the, the have follow the rules could be doing a lot of work. But the thing is there is not actually a very – it's not – being in a witness protection program is a very effective way of staying alive. Like that is pretty indisputable. So I can, I can imagine if a high-profile profil, witness gets murdered, I think that actually probably would ruin your career as a goes. Um yeah, especially if you let, like, a, a amateur detective, you know, find him. Um, but, yeah, she he says, listen, girl, I don't care. Which, once again, girl, she's a fucking detective. Stop it. And then, of course, Sean quotes Tommy Lee Jones and The Fugitive. Um, in right. Man, that's a – isn't it crazy that he won an Oscar for that movie? It deserved, but, like, we that just doesn't happen enough, you know?
1: I mean, who else was nominated that year?
0: Um, pff, off the top of my head – uh, I'm not sure. Um, but no, I guess my, my the, I'm not even saying that deserved, not deserved or anything. I'm saying like the Oscars just don't give Oscars to performances in action movies. You know what I mean? Like he was against Leonardo DiCaprio and what's Gilbert Grape, uh, Rat refines The Chandler's List, John Malkovich in In the Line of Fire, which is also an action movie and Pete Possibly in In the Name of the Father. I've only seen two of those performances, so I couldn't tell you if Leo or... Possibly it is better, but uh... you know what? I haven't watched
1: The Fugitive since like 1996,
0: so oh, I... it's great. It's it's my favorite performance of those three. Now, not that I do my own personal Oscars, but of course I do. The winner for 1993 is obviously Val Kilmer and Tombstone, but that's not here you or know, there. Um, for supporting actor. Um, mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, so Sean has a plan of how to fix this, and they go to the Bing, go to prison, and uh, the yeah, they're going they're going to talk to uh wearing and uh sean says don't be the and wait for it
1: yeah and wearing is played by the only i think the only thing i know him by is the mummy in the mummy
0: yes he's the mummy in the mummy he is in um he's also plays the one of the villains in uh gi joe rise of the cobra because oh, of course all, that's also a steven summers joint so you know you brought him back Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, yeah I always think is everyone's like talks about like oh De Niro and Scorsese DiCaprio and Scorsese you know all these different actor director pairings I like when a director brings back like the fifth build guy for like three straight movies you know what I mean it's like you just know they like each other <laughs> it's, like, it's like yeah Voslo, I love you're a good guy I want to have you around Um. anyway um, I didn't hear what you said what's his name Arnold Voslo
1: Oh, He's like Dutch or something.
0: No, he's uh, South C'est African. Say he's African. C'est oh, African. Okay. Um, anyway, um, so they're going but to he's, talk he's to a, him. He's a, he's a
1: Dutch, and entr- of course, ancestry.
0: he is. He's not black and he's South African. I, he's either English or Dutch, he's Afrikaans. Of oh, course. Yeah. No, no. Oh, no, I know. That's why I, I, I said, yeah, he's South African. I didn't mean to negate you. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, they, uh, they go and Sean says, I'm just renounced like a Sean Spencer. This is my partner, Burton Guster. Always funny when he uses his real name. Right. And he he says, why is Sean there?
1: there? Oh, Sean's there because, well, first of all, he asked Waring um, if he knows about uh, Scott. What's his last name again? Whatever. Uh, That's Scott being, Stiever, like yeah, being out of witness protection and, like, basically no, but he confirms it right then and there that um yeah that he's out of witness production so he's an idiot mm. and then he starts talking to him in a british accent um mm. which you know he's off because it's he's south african i don't mm. know if he's trying to play south african how or sure. whatever yeah
0: yeah i don't i don't know if i've ever actually heard him speak in his natural accent because he's obviously i think he speaks exclusively in egyptian in the mummy maybe not uh and then in gi joe i believe that he is british so yeah um yeah anyway uh so they start t- he basically is trying to make an appeal to his moral code and also the fact that he's serving three life sentences. So, you know, killing Scott wouldn't do anything. And basically what uh, Waring says is sometimes things happen without my knowledge. People are not do things for me. I have that effect on people. Uh, that's just my Jason Statham, but like less intense. Um, yeah. And I do love that Sean is immediately gravitated. He's like, oh my God, he's, you know, he's so cool. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, So what he means by that is essentially they're going to kill Scott regardless of whether he puts the order out or not. Um, But Waring offers a counter Mm -hmm. um, offer. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says that he didn't kill that uh, U.S. marshal Mm -hmm. or that federal agent, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, He was just there at the wrong time, you know, Mm -hmm. and the murder was pinned on him as a result. And you know what? There is something very Billy Zane about him.
0: Yes, I love he's he real. I love real Billy Zaneian, and Gus says only you and Billy Zane are the ones that use that term. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, uh, I love that Billy Zane is. Like, I'll say this: like many references, like like many often referenced actors on Psych, I believe Billy Zane does eventually appear, which is nice. You, you like to see Billy Zane. You know what though? I feel like you and I could have been in the writers' room writers' room for this, and that's why I love the show. I mean, I I also yeah. feel like ha- think about thinking about when I started watching the show. I think that my humor, the reason I am the way I am, I think in a large part is because of the show. Really, think about it, I started watching the show when I was nine years old. I mean, ten years old actually. Oh, good lord. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, anyway. But yeah, Sean says he understands honor. You know, he has a bootleg copy of Saving Private Ryan. And, um, you know, he says that if, he, if they vindicate him, he'll tall his dogs off of Scott.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. Uh, he'll make sure, yeah, that Seaver's safe.
1: So, deal. So, we go to Lasseter and Juliet back at the police station. And Lasseter gives his blessing to consummate her relationship with Scott, mm-hmm. which is overstepping, obviously. Yeah. Um, and he says this guy's okay in his book because, you know, he had a background check and an uh, unauthorized blood test. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how that went down
0: actually. Yeah. And Joe's a little unsure, you know, he, she thinks that she says that she would think he was a little creepy if he did the same thing. And she says, I feel like that's seen in Greece. And I'm just going to repeat exactly. I think what Lazzie says, cause I've never seen Greece um, says you've never seen the- Greece no
1: wow
0: no i should but yeah there's a certain genre honestly like while now i watch a lot of movies that are not directed towards male audiences most of the ones i've watched from like the 70s and 80s were like i my mom never showed me any movies growing up or anything like that so i just don't have a lot of a connection to that like i always think of the two ones i really did see i've never seen grease or dirty dancing which are two movies that are like feel like i, I Anyway, I'll watch Grease at some point, but it's it really after helps. the bonfire after the bonfire when Sandy sprung on Danny and Lee's expects it, I guess is what he says. And I do but I do love the line that Lassie says of what? I can't see movies too? <laughs> right. Yeah. So
1: um, so it's been seven years, and so Lasseter says that the only way to get to you know, mm-hmm. to pick things up is to get to know each other again. And mm-hmm. I forgot yeah. there's another Grease quote or something. Yeah, something
0: about someone driving on a Thunder Road, and I love Are We Still on Grease? We never left. Um, so then we cut to the office of TNH Imports, which looks like a front for a like a, a crime hub. It is like in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, why? Why? Yeah, what was he appraising there? <laughs> yeah. That's my question. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, they're there at the scene. They break in and they bring Scott with them as well. So that's when, like, you know, Scott kind of gets the impression that um, Sean is not completely believing him and mm-hmm. scott says that he's an appraiser he's not a criminal he's not mm-hmm. like a he's not a bad guy so he turned his boss in. he's the only one that could place warring wearing with the mm-hmm. body in that office so yeah. they go to
0: so, that office so uh sean and gus go into the office and sean asks gus to lay on the floor uh and in, bl- in the blood and all shot gus says it's a 260 shirt you buy that shirt for 18 bucks that's the list price sean See, like I yeah. don't know these little these this is why I love the show, <laughs> um, but they yeah de- they definitely they definitely went to the Camarillo
1: outlets on the weekend. Mm. That's that they mm. went to the Barney store there. That's that's how that goes. Where,
0: where are the Camarillo outlets?
1: Camarillo outlets are like halfway between LA and like Santa Barbara, probably.
0: Okay, well, uh, what's your opinion on uh, the 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 Americana?
1: Um, it's cool. I mean, that's where I go watch most of my movies now.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, cool. We don't have
1: a lot of independent film theaters around here
0: which is crazy to say given that you're living in Los Angeles. Um Yeah,
1: like not here on the east side, like you oh, right. I mean, you'd go to like Los Velas, the Los Velas mm-hmm. 3, but um Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we need to do that more.
0: Got independent movies are I, the thing is I'm always so because I have the Regal unlimited anytime I go to an independent movie at an independent theater, I'm like shit, spending $20 when normally which just spend 50 cents. <laughs>
1: Well, no, also, like, I get emails every once in a while from Letterboxd. Like, I got invited to a screening of Zone of Interest tomorrow. Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I got it today. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go to the fucking middle of L.A. Well, yeah, I mean, that is,
0: that is that is the thing about being in New York, which is good, is that because I work in Manhattan, basically, if I get that, it's like, well, that that doesn't change my plans that much. You know what I mean? If I if I have nothing to do, it's, it's not hard to try. You know what I mean? Like, I'm never yeah. that far away from anything. You
1: no, know, for instance, on Saturday, we were going to go to The Grove for dinner um mm-hmm. or like yeah to get dinner around there somewhere and it was 50 minutes to get there i'm like jesus fucking christ yeah so we ended up not going there obviously and we had a great thai food dinner but it was spicy as hell and i'm still yeah. suffering the repercussions yeah
0: so like because like on wednesday i decided that i was gonna see uh, maestro at the angelica theater oh how was I that thought, yeah i told you i thought I, told you, I liked it a lot i thought it was really really good um yeah. I mean, yeah, we talked about this because we talked about how we both like a stars Wars I thought, but yeah, that was a decision I could make on a whim because, you know, Manhattan. Anyway, uh, so uh, yeah. there, they, there's a slight disagreement about what direction the body was facing. Sean thinks based on the blood pool, he'd be facing one way. But Scott says he walked in with the body the other direction. Sorry, no, it's at Sean. The police report shows it one way and Scott says the other way. So interesting. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, they, um, what going to say? They never found the bullet is the big thing.
1: Yeah, and Sean notices, like, by just like kind of like motioning around in that room, um, that the bullet came from inside the building and it exited outside the building, possibly into the woods. And uh, yeah, they established that the bullet was never found, so that's where we're going next. Um, so they go out to the to the to the woods, mm-hmm. and you know they can't really find something at eye level. Um, mm-hmm. even though they know that the heights of like everybody was more or less uniform, mm-hmm. but you know, forests grow, things grow within seven years. So Sean basically, uh, climbs up a tree and he finds where the bullet should be. And obviously it's like a couple of feet above like
0: regular, um, height, mm-hmm.
1: I guess. Yeah.
0: Right. Or it would be. Yeah. Cause it grew. So anyway, Sean climbs up the tree to try to get it. Um, and, yeah. uh, he sees it and there's a bullet in there. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, but they end up getting rumbled by someone in a hoodie with a gun.
1: Yeah, he, like, takes a couple of shots, um, and Sean is, like, up too high, but he decides to, like, let himself go, he fucks his hands up in the process, and, yeah, that must be very painful, Mm -hmm. and they take off running, but the police get there, and, you know, we cut to the station where Sean's basically giving the order of events that led up to that whole situation, Mm -hmm. and... He refers to Xavier Renfro. Is that a real person? No.
0: Yes, the name of the person who was killed. The character. Yes, but obviously not. Um, no. What do you mean? Not I obviously. Th- He's dead.
1: Xavier Renfro.
0: Yeah. Oh, that was
1: his right. actual name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I thought it wasn't his name at that point in time, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Um. Uh. So. Uh. They. They. Yeah. They realized that the. It was taken. The. The bullet was taken. And so we cut to. Um, because of Scott and Jules having a big hug, and then Vic has Sean and Gus in the office, and uh, excuses them of reaching a new level of recklessness, and have formal reprimands for misuse of a federal database, informing a federal, uh, informing a federal criminal of a, the witness's status, and a to assist an incarcerated murderer. Uh, and I love like those are, are those crimes that we in North Korea, and I was like, well, the first three are crimes, except the last one, which is just poor judgment.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm glad he wrote those down because I didn't.
0: I, I uh, thing is with these comedy lists, I always write them down. I that's why I, I mean because I watch on my laptop, it's easier to pause. Honestly, that's the only reason. Right,
1: and we find out that Agent Wayne wanted charges put up against Sean and mm. Gus, basically. And the reason why he's so hot on this trail is that his agent was the one who died in this, or mm. sorry, his partner was the one who died in this, um, in that shooting. Yeah. So. On top of that, it looks like Scott's going back into witness protection, mm-hmm. um, and you know yeah. at this point we realize that Wayne, or sorry, Agent Wayne is probably the killer,
0: right? Yeah. As Sean looks outside and he sees that Wayne has the same like scars and marks on his hands that Sean does from climbing the tree, um, and so and he's the one who dug the bullet out because they couldn't find the bullet when they got to the tree. Exactly. So uh, Sean. Says someone better follow me. He gets on his motorcycle. There's a little chase. He pulls up beside the car. They basically pull into like what looks like some type of like dirt area, I don't know, off the road. And um, Sean accuses him of murder, an attempted murder, an unlawful carving of a spruce tree. Yeah, you know,
1: you can't be messing with nature that way. Um, (laughs)
0: But no, it's more than that, obviously. Um, Yeah, he was. Basically. Happen. Basically what happened was, and I want you to translate this, he pulled an Al Pacino and in Insomnia, and like Al Pacino and in Insomnia, had to do some more criminal stuff to cover it up.
1: Yes. Um, basically, he, he thought they were – like there was a whole operation going on that night, mm-hmm. and he shot through a window thinking that it was wearing, but it was actually his own partner, Xavier mm-hmm. Renfro, which is mm-hmm. just an amazing name mm-hmm. in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, obviously – uh wearing when he came in saw that there was a dead body already he pulled away and that's exactly when uh Scott saw him in the room and so that's the whole witness to this crime however after the fact um agent Wayne came in and repositioned the body to make it seem like it was a crime from within yes. right
0: um, or from yes.
1: outside or yeah. no from within that room yes
0: wearing yes not unlike the 2002 film insomnia um, mostly just the accidentally killing your partner and then covering it up.
1: I don't it's fucking remember that.
0: It's a good move. I mean, that's the whole plot. That's not a spoiler. that happens like 20 minutes in.
1: Who is his partner?
0: Um, Martin Donovan. Okay, got it. Yeah. Great character actor. Um, Speaking, by the way, speaking of directors, speaking of directors, randomly working with the same person again, Martin Donovan in 20 minutes of Insomnia with Chris Nolan in 2002 shows up for one scene in 10 in 2020. You love to see shit like that. That just makes you so happy um yeah um and anyway yeah sean mentions that where he pinned it on wearing because he has billy zanian qualities and he needs scott he needs he needs this to have worked because then his partner didn't die in vain and sean's like you know you're outnumbered and then he knocks out scott and so uh then sean does the classic like well you're gonna hide behind a gun take me on mano a mano
1: yeah and then he proceeds to slap the shit out of him open Mm -hmm. open Mm open-handed yeah he sean is basically a dirty fighter but you know, I get it when like you're fighting for your life.
0: Mm-hmm. He
1: bites him. He kicks him in the nuts. All kinds of things. Sean does the spaghetti bend, which is like actually like kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, very impressed by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like uh, Wayne the whole time is basically super, like uh, he's fucking him up, mm-hmm. essentially.
0: Yeah, but he's a trained federal agent. I mean,
1: correct. Yeah. But he gets caught slipping and Scott knocks him out with a piece of rebar Mm -hmm. right when he was about to pull the the biscuit out and shoot Sean. Mm -hmm. So the police show up, all seems to be well. And in the midst of all this, Juliet and Sean share a knowing glance to each other. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: And so, uh, yeah, he gave the mano mano speech and he had to knock him out, even though, of course, he's lying about that. Um, and so we cut to the train station, and Jules confesses that Sean was actually the one who found uh, him, and he knows. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, they kind of have a heart to heart about how seeing her again changes his life, but he doesn't really. He needs to go to a soul searching mission because he's been, you know, living not living life for five years.
1: Yeah, he's been like in a very uh, holding pattern, and yeah, where does that leave them? And so basically, Julia proposes that in three years they meet back there again, similar mm-hmm. to the promise in the beginning of the episode. And as Scott gets into the train, he suggests he suggests that possibly change that to one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and my whole thought during this whole time is, why does he dress like a college student? And maybe because five years he spent
0: being a he's wizard. stunted. Yeah, why does stunted. Charles Melton act like a thirteen year old in May December for same reason? Um, anyway, uh, does he? I mean, did you not? Did you watch the movie? I watched the movie. Yeah, I feel like he is like the body language of a a teenager the entire time. That's I feel like the whole reason the performance is good. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we saw him like at some point act like an actual thirteen. No, no. I mean, like he's like kind of he's mostly stunted. That was just the first yeah, thing I just saw the film, which is very, 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 very good. Yeah. Well, that's that. I don't know, but that means this episode's over. And uh, what do you give it out of ten? 8 out of 10. Just I give it an Julia 8. It, a little bit. Yeah, it just... I think that, like, the fact that Maggie Lawson actually plays this episode really well, so it's kind of like a forgettable episode otherwise. Um uh, yeah, I give it an 8. Agreed. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter, Andre? At Andre Pereira. And you can find me on Twitter at Christy. Please rate you subscribe, share, with the biggest psych fan in life. And tune in next time as we talk about Death is in the Air.